This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Drive podcast. Yet another episode here on the Outdoor Drive, episode 186. We're almost getting to 190. Um, I'm actually looking forward to 1200. I said 1200. 1200. 1200. Check 1200. Uh, this is your boy East Coast Trev, and I am joined by my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardik. You already know. Oh, if you know, you know. What's up, bud? What are you doing, dude? Eating a brownie. Ooh, like a special brownie or just a brownie? No, I'm going to save those for this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Is that much needed? (laughs) Just a regular brownie. Just a regular one? Yeah, I like when you come over to the podcast because Sarah makes good shit for us. Is that what? I know. We had banging, banging um, meatloaf. Meatloaf. Which was phenomenal, by the way. It was absolutely great. And then brownies. And she, she spoils us. Yeah, I know. We get very spoiled here. I, I'm thankful for her. I mean, she does some amazing things for us. I don't I don't know how you're, you're not 350 pounds. Got a good metabolism. I don't know what to say. Is that what it is? I guess. Or is it just miles in the woods? That, too. We had a good weekend, speaking we of that, did. huh? Put in some work. Filmed a little content creation. Yeah. Which will be coming out on YouTube whenever Treb decides to edit it. There's just so much, dude. It's like <laughs> it's like never ending. And the thing is, like, I'm not really. I mean, I'm working this time of year, but not really working. And it's just like so much going on, and you're trying to get everything all done, and shorts, and reels, and YouTube's, and I feel like I do nothing, but I do so much at the same time. Like it's just crazy. But we do have a ton of new stuff going on YouTube. Make sure you guys get on over there, like, subscribe, and all that. Um, before it gets away from me, we are brought to you by HuntworthGear.com. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Huntworth or Heat Boost, now's the time to start thinking of that. Um, go on there and get your, you know, your early season turkey gear. Their turkey I cannot stuff wait. is insane. Um, I'm actually in the process of, I'm gonna throw together a little review video of um, the early season stuff and what it actually has to offer as far as turkey season. Because here in New England, um, it's cold in the morning, so we can layer up turkey hunting. 
then by the end of the afternoon, by mid morning, I'm gonna pull that stuff off. Yeah, tuck it in the bag. It's so light and thin, um, and get to keep on turkey hunting all day and literally only have a couple ar- articles of clothing. So we're excited about that. Nor'easter game calls. Nor'eastergamecalls.com. Mr. Mark over there, um, absolutely killing it with the turkey calls. Give it a new blow. website is coming. Um, the new pot calls with the outdoor drive logo, box calls, ridge runners, you name it, it's on there. Nor'eastergamecalls.com, Zeus Broadheads, ZeusBroadheads.com, or NewAirArchery.com. Um, we, it's our official broadhead here on the outdoor drive, and probably the only one that we do use. So, and it does knock down turkeys. I, turkeys cannot resist the Zeus Broadheads. Um, so. And you know, and as and another shameless plug on that is B sixteen. Now's the time to be you know doing your minerals, your supplement feeding. So that's a very good supplement feed. Uh, Nick over there actually makes up a great product um, for the winter feeding process over in the mineral stuff. We're getting into that. He's got a spring blend too, or summer? Is it winter summer? Yeah, it's a winter summer. Yeah. yeah, so we're almost getting into that switch summer. over that summer blend. I haven't summer. messed with it yet, but I messed up. I should have told them I was going to spring see. fall maybe. Um, I, w- I wish I would have thought of it. I would have had them bring me some up to New York last oh, weekend, but yeah. whatever. I'll get it some is what eventually. It is, dude. Yeah, so we had a great weekend. We're pushing here, guys, and uh, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow starts the uh, Connecticut outdoor fishing and hunting show. <laughs> Connecticut, <laughs> Connecticut fishing and outdoor show. Oh, is that what it is? That's official. Oh, okay. That's the one that we're going to go to. Don't yep. forget it. Mohegan, Mohegan Sun, Sun Expo Center. That's right. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come and hang out in the in the booth. We're going to be with uh, ROTV, Real Outdoors TV, Mr. Matt Weddish himself. We'll be kicking it back there. Um, bring over and hang out with us. We'll be in the booth. Uh, got some good stuff. New logo stickers, guys. So if you guys are oh, in, yeah. the, in, the, in the realm, um, we're probably going to have some hats up for sale. So there's a lot of good stuff. And you can also get your dog chews. You know, we got your special dog chews. We can't forget about those. <laughs> what kind of dog chews? Uh, I'm going to bring elk and I'm going to bring um, some moose ones. So the Dogs like those? Yeah, dogs. <laughs> I couldn't get, when we were at the New York show, I couldn't believe how many people came over questioning whether dogs like to chew on antlers. Um, yeah, they love antlers, yeah, <laughs> by was, the way. I just couldn't believe how many yeah. people didn't know that. It's just crazy. So that, I had all That's what we're here for. We're here for educational reasons. Educational so. reasons. Uh, I just had a ton of moose antlers, as you, a lot of you guys already know. So I started chopping them up and selling them. <laughs> like, I get, you can only have so many. Uh, the grind never stops. I guess the grind never stops. It pays for our beer. <laughs> that's about Speaking it. of antlers, I don't really have a killer's corner, but I want to shout out. Uh, our good buddy Josh Brower. Yeah. Um, he's kind of just getting into shed hunting really this year, and he or maybe last year too. But he found his biggest shed to date, I think, last week sometime, and then yep. he went back uh, today and matched it up. So it's mm-hmm. his biggest sheds and his first match set. So oh, congratulations. congratulations to you. Anybody else? No, okay. that's all I got. I yeah. really, I really don't have much. That's all good. It's a slow time of the yeah, year. Yeah, it is. It totally is, man. Um, one of the other things too. Uh, while we're on the topic of things, um, it still is shed season and food prep, food plot preparation, um, property management. Now's that time to be doing that stuff and, you know, get out there and find those antlers. And still eat my brownie. And still eat your brownie. <laughs> yeah, you guys can all hear Marduk eat his brownie. Like, come on, <laughs> guy. No, but I agree 100%. Like, everybody, March is a great time to shed hunt. Everybody, that's mm. kind of like that money month, but... 
I'm almost to the well. We're mid March, almost end of March now. I'm over sheds, man. Like the content's been pounded into your head. Like how many freaking Instagram mm-hmm. reels can you actually watch of somebody picking up a shed? Like you're not learning anything from it. No, it's just basically a way for people to show off. Like look what I found. I yeah. found a new shed. I'm the best. So unless you're like a big shed hunter, obviously. I mean, like I love shed hunting. I didn't mm. do too much of it this year, but it was shows and everything. But mm-hmm. but now's the time to be doing that management and that preparation. Yeah, because a shed only does so much for you. I mean, the main thing with the shed is find survivors, find shooter bucks. After that, you got to know what to do with that information. So now's a good time to be working on setup and ambush locations and figuring out where you're going to kill those deer come next fall. And a lot of that you want to do before green up because, I mean, your early season stands you can hang in the summer. Right. It's already green up. It's going to be green. You know, there's still going to be leaves Same. on the trees come September, October. But now's the best time to hang your your rut stands because when you hang those stands, you're going to be able to see what you're going to see when the leaves come back off the trees come next fall. Yeah. I love it. It's just 365-day process, man. It really is. I mean, just just focusing on that kind of stuff is, is, is super important. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that puts yourself in that predicament to be that much closer to – Whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's my favorite time of the year. It really is. Because you, you're prepping for deer season, so deer are on your mind constantly. You're breaking it up with some possible potential shed hunting. You're getting ready for turkey season. I mean, now's the time to be in the woods. I mean, it's not... You know, there's a lot of people that wait until right before season or late summer. But, dude, it's hot in the summer, man. I don't want to be running around in the woods. I, like, and I, you know, I thrive myself... To not go in the woods in the summer because it's so nasty, dude. It's disgusting. So now's the time to do that. And now's the time to be buying equipment and playing around with equipment and tuning bows. And, you know, that's the stuff to be on the mind right now. You know, and fishing season is right about to be be right around the corner. So in the summer, you don't want to be doing that, man. You might as well spend time on the water, having a nice cold one, hanging out, catching fish. You know, that them spring runs are starting to they're, – they're right around the corner, mm-hmm. dude. We're, we, are, we are in it. We are in the heart of it. So today – or yesterday was the, you know, the uh, first day of spring and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it is it is where it is, man. Well, the other thing, too, that um, touch on that, the reason why I push myself so hard to get as much done right now as I possibly can, especially there's certain things, like I said, that I want to try to have done before green up. If I don't get it done within the next month, turkey season hits. Right. And I'm not going to do it during turkey season. No. And by the end of turkey season, it's green up. It's too hot. So it pretty much has to get done before mm-hmm. turkey season if you want it done before green up. It's so true. And I only know that because I fucked it up before and I, I've oh, slacked dude, and missed out on guy. stuff and wish I did it earlier. And We've all been that guy, It's dude. always a juggling act. And they'll, they'll be guarantee you, mark my words, there will be plenty of shit that I'll look back on and say, I wish I would have done this, wish I would have mm-hmm. done that. But all you can do is uh, give it your best effort. So um, let's go see what our good buddy, Mr. Mike Salter, uh, we can't thank enough to uh, Bowhunters United, bowhunterunited.com um, is the place to be. I'm actually going to post a link below and you guys, everybody's been waiting. Oh, yeah, we got it. Um, there's an affiliate link for us. Um, so if you go through us, 
we actually make a couple of bucks for you signing up for Bowhunters United. Um, and it's an important thing. And it's not, we don't do it for the money, obviously. We actually believe in Bowhunters United and what it does. And if you guys missed it, go back to the last, the last episode. Listen to Amy. Amy does a phenomenal job in telling what actually Bowhunters United is, what it stands for, what it does for you, the stuff that you get. I mean, dude, for the 20, 25 bucks, 30 bucks that you're going to pay, you're going to get a $25 hat, stickers. A great hat, by the way. I mean, we were talking beautiful. about that the other day. It's a rich Remember the old shitty NRA hat? you used yeah. to get with your membership that was all floppy and you never mm-hmm. wore it the hat you get with 100 united is absolute fire it's a it's a richardson it's, it's 112 a, it's, a, it's probably better than the outdoor drive hats it's a richardson 112 man. yeah i mean that's what you're getting out of it and it's a 25 dollar hat all day but i mean for what they stand for what they do for you to advocate for you you know writing the stuff to you know the legislative and so on and so forth i mean it's a great thing guys so i'm going to post that link below so you guys can get it on that affiliate link it's for the outdoor drive, and you guys can get on over there and sign on up for Bowhunters United. So make sure you guys do that. So thanks to them, and thank you for sponsoring the News for Your Cruise. Let's kick it on over. All right, guys. Why don't we buckle up and see what's going on in the world of news with Mr. Mike Salter. Hey, everyone. We're going to kick this one off with some national news, where last week the Range Access Act was introduced in the House of Representatives. The bill would improve recreational shooting opportunities for sportsmen and women, and specifically would require both the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management to ensure that each of their representative districts has a minimum of one recreational shooting range that is open to the public. Not only is this important to provide access for hunters and recreational shooters, but it is also critical in bolstering the Pittman-Robertson Act. So reach out to your legislators in support of this bill. Now to Maryland, where Senate Bill 327 has been proposed. This bill would provide nearly $9 million annually in additional conservation funding, which would go directly to conservation programs benefiting all Maryland hunters, anglers, outdoorsmen, and the DNR. The bill proposes to alter the purpose of the Heritage Conservation Fund to include acquiring interests in land that can be used by the general public for hunting. The bill also includes establishing the Wildlife Conservation Education and Outreach Program to provide outreach and foster the interest in outdoor recreation and stewardship, hunting, and wildlife conservation. The bill would establish a stamp for hunting seeker deer and authorize non-residents attending Maryland colleges and universities to purchase a resident hunting license. Bowhunters United will be uh, creating an action alert for this one, and any Maryland residents can contact their legislators on this one through bowhuntersunited.com. Now to Kansas, where on March 9th, the Department of Parks, uh, Park and Wildlife Fish and Game Commission uh, voted unanimously to prohibit the use of trail cameras on public lands in the state. In doing so, Kansas becomes the first Midwest state to impose a year-round trail camera ban. The ban will go into effect before the fall hunting season, applies to cellular and conventional cameras, and applies on state-owned public land as well as private property enrolled in the walk, uh, walk-in hunting access program. The ban will impact 28 state parks, roughly 300,000 acres of public wildlife areas, and 1.4 million acres of leased private property enrolled in the walk-in hunting access program. This is a huge in the Midwest, uh, and hopefully we don't see more states jump on board. Now to West Virginia, where on April 23rd, the Natural Resources Commission will be voting on a proposal to reduce the annual antler deer bag limit from 3 to 2 bucks per year. If approved, this would see an annual bag limit of antler deer drop from 3 to 2 for all deer seasons combined, starting with the 2024-25 deer season. The goal is to improve deer hunting opportunities statewide and shift management focus on quality rather than quantity. These recommendations are based partly on a survey from 2019 in which 52 to 56% of non-residents, landowners, and licensed hunters supported reduction of the antlered 
deer bag limit. So keep a lookout for more on this as it goes to a vote in April. Now to Oklahoma, where the Senate has sent Senate Bill 910 to the House of Representatives for action. This bill would create a nine-day velvet buck archery season, which would begin on the Saturday before the last weekend in August and run through the last Sunday in August. The bill states that hunters would only be able to harvest one velvet buck per season, and that buck would count toward the regular season two-buck limit. If, it, if the bill passes, the Oklahoma Wildlife Commission would issue regulations, uh, and the velvet buck season would likely not go into effect until the 2024-25 season. Now to Ohio and uh, some special spring turkey hunting and fishing opportunities. The application period is open now through March 31st for controlled access opportunities. Applicants will be selected through a random lottery, and there is a $3 non-refundable fee for the application. The fishing lottery is for Cold Creek in Erie County for a half-mile section of the creek located at Castalia uh, State Fish Hatchery. Lottery winners will have select dates available from May 1st through November 24th, and you can apply uh, on the Controlled Fishing Access Lottery page on wildohio.gov. Uh, one session is available for youth and another for adults, and if you're selected, you can bring an additional three youth and two adults. Spring youth turkey hunts are being held at Eagle Creek, Kildeer Plains, Lake La Suan, and Mosquito Creek wildlife areas. Youths must be 17 or younger and accompanied by a non-hunting adult, and you can apply for these on the Controlled Hunting Access Lottery page. Lastly, to Vermont, where the Fish and Wildlife Department will be holding several turkey hunting seminars. The Learn to Hunt Turkey, Learning to Hunt Turkeys will be held on April 1st from 9 to 4 at the Waterbury Stowe Fishing Game Club and is designed specifically for new hunters. Uh, this seminar will cover turkey biology, effective calls, how to pattern your shotgun, how to butcher your turkey, and more. Lunch will be provided and all participants will go home with a new turkey call and will have the opportunity to meet a mentor who can hunt with them this spring. Basics of spring turkey hunting will be held on April 19th at the Vermont Wilderness School from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This seminar will cover turkey biology, hunting tactics, scouting, and more. Uh, registration is available for these at Fish and Wildlife's website. Also, NWTF and the Fish and Wildlife will be holding virtual uh, turkey hunting seminars on Facebook Live at 7 p.m. on March 23rd on turkey hunting gear on March 28th on how to use friction calls, March 30th on how to use mouth calls, April 4th on the importance of patterning your shotgun, uh, April 6th on roosting birds and other tactics, and April 13th uh, will be a roundtable discussion, hunting, season predictions, and Q&A. All of these will be on the NWTF uh, Vermont Facebook page, so check those out as it looks like a good opportunity. With that, as always, if you have anything to send along to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. Reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. With that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate Bowhunters United. Um, Great stuff. You guys are absolutely killing it and uh, sticking up for, you know, what, what what's going on in the world. You know, I think it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, this was a fun podcast. Yeah. Uh, we had Lou, one of our team members here on the Outdoor Drive, come on, and he literally, like, kicked the Tales from the Tailgate into overdrive. I mean, oh, dude, dude, it was awesome. So little little fun fact for the listeners that wouldn't know this, but this is actually our third recording of the night. We've been grinding here tonight. So we recorded a couple uh, Tales from the Tailgates. So by the time this drops, you wouldn't even have he- heard those yet. So we did two Tales from the Tailgate. Then we had Lou on, and Lou starts pounding out just killer stories. And it was just like Tales from the Tailgate all night tonight. Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, it's just deer talk, hunting talk the whole entire night. I mean, it, it was great. Yeah, Lou tells a good story, too. It's entertaining. It's exciting. So... Let's go see what our good buddy Lou is doing, and uh, we hope to see you guys all at the Mohegan Sun Show this weekend. Make sure to come and 
stop by, shake our hands, get some stickers, potentially buy a hat, and uh, we'll see what Lou does. Toot up. All right, we're back on the phone with our good buddy, Mr. Lou Ferreira. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Oh, you guys were shocked? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised you said his last name. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> What up, Lou? I try to stay away from last night. You, you nailed it too. It was perfect. Oh, you you know, it. I'm I'm getting good with it. I'm good get good good with names by like episode like four hundred and eighty two. I think I'll get some names right. <laughs> well that was the third take on that one, <laughs> yeah. so you're bound to get it right eventually. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can get there. Bro, why don't we turn this key man? Why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do? All right, so uh my name's Lou Ferreira. Um I'm from a small town. In Rhode Island, um, I um, I've been working in construction since high school. Um, I work for a window company right now, um, and um, I love hunting. I think that's the most important the part apple. of that whole entire introduction. We didn't actually care about your yeah. name; it was just that you loved hunting. <laughs> yep, hell yeah, hell yeah, I love I mean, it, man. Everything you guys have I- all heard Lou before, anyways, because Lou was on our team podcast. So t- Lou is actually a team member. And one of the editors here at the Outdoor Drive. Producer Lou. Producer Lou. Producer Lou Fulera. Yeah, hell yeah. I love editing too. That's uh, just something about computers. I've always had a thing for computers. I built my own and stuff, and I just got a knack for it. That's the first time I've heard that. Most people are motherfucking those the computers. I hate my computer, dude. It's probably <laughs> oh, the yeah. worst thing, and editing is even worse. Like, absolutely hate it, man. Yeah, I guess sometimes it gets tedious, um, especially like sometimes, you know, out of nowhere, like the program will just force close and you're like almost done with it and then oh. it closes, it doesn't save, you lose everything. I'm like, oh my God, I got to start all over again. That's happened to me a few times. So now I, I've learned like every three to five minutes I click save. <laughs> so that way I keep saving it along the way right. as I as I go. Now, when did you really get into editing and filming and all that stuff? So, um, it was back in uh, 2018. That's when I um, I had met Seth through, um, we met through actually a Facebook page, and realized we were right next to each other, hunted near each other. And um, we went to a 3D shoot together, and we just hit it off. And um, we both wanted to do the, the whole filming thing, but now neither one of us had done it yet. So uh, we just decided to go full throttle. Like, you know, I got a camera arm. I got a $900 camera. I got the mic. I, you know, everything I needed. Um, that's when I kind of went mobile, too. Um, so, you know, I, I got stand sticks. Like, I just completely changed my whole game at that point. And um, it's, it's worked out pretty good um, since I've done it. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Like, it's... It's one of those things you have to take the leap and just do it. Like, if you think about it, you're not going to do it. You have to make that decision to go and do it. Full send. Yeah. Oh, it's a full send yeah. moment for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's definitely tough. There's been times where, you know, I've missed opportunities because of because of the camera. You know, like either, I, you know, I, I'm about to draw and I got to let back, move the camera. And at that point, I get caught and the deal blows and takes off and, it's um it's it's a grind um you know so a couple of times i just said screw the camera and and just shot the deer anyway um which you know i still you know i got the deer but after afterwards i was kind of upset at myself for doing that 
Um, cause I really, I really enjoy filming and trying to capture, you know, the kill shot. Basically that's basically the most important piece of the whole video. You get that and, and, uh, you know, everything's good, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a grind, especially, you know, I've had some tough seasons mixed in. I think when we first started that first year, it was 2019 and, uh, I didn't um I didn't shoot a, a deer. I passed on a lot of does early because you know you're always wondering, you know, you think you hear something behind them and I'm like, ah, I'm not going to take the shot. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and then, you know, it's a little spike that comes running up behind them or something. But um it was like late November and I was just like I was beat. I was beat up. I was mobile hunting. I was hopping around all over the place. You know, I I hunt um it's, I have permission for a small piece of private um, in Massachusetts. And then once you get into it, it's connected to a, a big woodlot that's all unposted property. Um, multiple, you know, there's probably 40 different owners inside of this piece and it's not posted anywhere. So you can basically move around. But that means that you also get a lot of pressure. It's basically like just a big giant piece of the public. People come in from everywhere. The Orange Army goes through that place hard. Um, so that's where I was hunting and I was jumping all over this place. I mean, everywhere, you know, moving stands early morning in the dark, you know, taking them down at night. And I was, I was contemplating whether I wanted to keep doing the whole filming thing because that's just another layer that, that adds on there. Uh, you know, and it really, you know, you got to get in there a half hour earlier than you normally would. You know, you leave a half hour later because of breaking everything down and, and all that stuff. And, you know, rain days, you can't film when it's raining, you know, as much as I like I've tried to before. Like I put like a beanie over my mic and, and half the camera, but this stuff is still getting wet and it's it's just a cluster. So uh, I don't really do it when it's raining because of that. But that year I contemplated and then um I actually, we, me and Seth went on a hunt and we saw a buck in this one spot. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm making the move. So that next morning I set up in the dark. Oh, I remember I had never been to the spot before. So I was going in a new spot in the dark with just a flashlight. I was trying to keep the flashlight down, not look around the woods and stuff, you know, throw, throw the light everywhere. And, um, I, you know, I found a spot and that morning, finally a shooter came by. And I got a, I got the whole thing on film. That was my first buck that I got on film, and it was just that feeling of everything. And from there, I was I was fucked. I was fucked. I said, I'm not I'm not putting this camera down. I'm I'm filming everything from here on out. And um, and that's it's been like that ever since. I, I try and film everything I do. The only thing I haven't really filmed yet is fishing because I want to. I haven't figured out a way how to rig the boat up with cameras, but I definitely want to do some of that this year. I think that's one of the harder things to do, honestly, because when you're fishing, it's it's just tough because there's you have so much focus on so many other things. Your hands are always doing something while you're fishing. Yeah, you know, like when you're hunting and you're in a deer stand, you you have that time to grab something and do it. Like you have a fishing pole in your hand, it's tough to do it. I mean, you could do it with a GoPro, and the other thing is. They actually make uh, like a suction, like a uh, actually a, one of our listeners and good buddy of mine, uh, Caddy Cowboy, he actually gave me this giant suction and it has 
the uh three eighths screw right on the top of it dude this thing you could go through hiroshima and it's still stuck to the side of the boat like it literally will not move it's like the strongest suction and it's got like a pump on it and everything so i have that for this season so i'm gonna try that but it's it's a hard thing to film man you literally have to either have a gopro set up or something like that or i i mean (laughs) that's the only way to do it i mean it really is the only way to do it I went on um, my buddy's boat once, and he had, uh, you know, it was a center console with uh, with the T-top, and he had one GoPro on each back corner. And I, I had never heard of it until he said it, but I guess with a with a, whatever GoPro he had, you could voice command start it. So you just say GoPro record, and they would both just turn on and start recording so it's like we were just fishing and as soon as somebody hooked up he'd just he'd shout that and then the cameras would start recording i was like no that's that's pretty cool for fishing because that way you don't have to go and turn something on every time you just yell it out and it starts recording could you imagine being in the deer stand go go gadget gopro (laughs) (laughs) it's gopros are tough though because it's you know it's so far away and Mm -hmm. you know but the nice thing on the boat is it it hides this the hunt the fishing spot too because it's so spread out. Yeah, it's you just can face just, down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, That's one of the down good. at the water. Yeah, oh, I can see it now in the deer stand. Go 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 GoPro. <laughs> GoPro go record. All this deer look at you. <laughs> <laughs> that could be rough, but no, I mean, fishing is is a hard place to film. That's why, like, all the professional fishermen have an actual boat with other. F- yeah. You know, yep. like, that's one of those things. Yeah, they got a guy on their boat. They got another boat on the side of them that's recording them from another angle. We need to hire some uh, some camera guys for fishing season. For fishing season, dude? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, we, we got to catch set the. We got to get set to keep a striper, too. Yeah, well, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> it sounds like he's jinxed. <laughs> Poor kid. I've taken him out a few times, and we're catching him all over the place. All he catches he is shorts. <laughs> yeah, he catches shorts. Oh, watch. We'll take him out. He'll catch yeah, he it over, and still have to throw it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah, he'd catch all over. Still can't keep it. <laughs> Didn't he lose the fishing rod tog fishing, too, or something crazy? Yeah, oh yeah, he snapped like three of my rods. <laughs> three of my rods. After one, you've got to yeah. sit down for the day. That's it, you're done. One time, yeah, we would talk fish, and he snapped the tip off. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, and so he like he just like was holding the pole. And I see the line, I'm like, dude, the fish is still on there. So he puts the pole down, he grabs the line, he starts hand-lining the thing in. And he fight, he pulled the whole tar all the way up. It was, it was a good one, it was a keeper. He hand-lined that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor that's how you gotta fish from now on just handline everything well good thing he like he's good at shooting deer because he's a crappy fisherman oh yeah oh yeah kid's a killer between him and his grandfather i don't know who's worse Mm. so do you guys film a lot together being so close to each other um yeah we try to we didn't too much this year Uh, we usually go on a trip every year together this year we just did um uh public land it was like a three-day trip in uh in Rhode Island on um, Southern Rhode Island on some public. And um, that was, that was basically it. We duck hunted a few times together, but we didn't really hunt. So, so your Tennessee trip was two years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was fun. 
take kind of take us through it and what kind of like the trials and tribulations because that was more or less one of your first kind of trip hunts yeah that was yeah that was our first trip uh we had done the public land thing the year prior to that too we went to the same place but it was just you know just rhode island it was maybe an hour away nothing crazy this was our first actual trip cross country we drove it was 17 hours it was miserable <laughs> on the way there it wasn't it wasn't too bad uh probably around like hour 12 13 we were like oh my god we still got like six more hours to go and then there was a time change in there that we didn't realize <laughs> so it said it was like only 17 hours but it actually was 18 hours because of the whole time change oh, we were like oh no we hit the <laughs> At the time change, it went an hour back, but our getting there time stayed the same. And we're like, "Oh, dude, we just added another hour." <laughs> and that was that was brutal. But um, yeah. So we picked out this place. We we basically we're trying to figure out where to go. We we had a few states in mind. Um, Ohio was one. Um, Tennessee. Uh, I think. We looked into Illinois or Missouri, maybe. Um, so we ended up settling on Tennessee. We looked at a few different statistics and stuff, and they have Tennessee. Oh, no, it was Kentucky originally. That's what it was. We were going to go to Kentucky and uh, because they had the highest deer density in the United States per square mile. Like Western Kentucky is like the highest in the country. So we're like, all right, that's where we're going to go. We got to move our best odds are going to be at the place with the highest deer density. So we go, we, we're looking at this area, we scout it, and then we, it's called Land Between the Lakes. And it's, um, it's actually half of it. The northern half is in Kentucky and the southern half is in Tennessee. So we were going to hunt the Kentucky side. So, you know, we plan everything out. We booked a place to stay. It's in Kentucky. And, um, as it's getting closer, like I'm really starting to look into the regulations to see if there's anything special we need, you know, what if we got to wear orange when gun season is. And I look and I, I figure out there's a youth gun quota hunt it, right in the middle. It's a three day thing right in the middle of our stay. So unless you ha you're a youth and you have that quota tag, you can't hunt the Kentucky side. So we were like, dude, what the fuck? What are we going to do? We already booked a place. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, let's just, we'll stay at the same place. It's right on the Kentucky-Tennessee line. So we'll stay at the same place and we'll just shoot down to Tennessee to hunt. Um, so we had already, you know, e-scouted the whole Kentucky side. So like, all right, we're going to scratch all that, start over, look at the Tennessee side and start scouting that. So that's what we did. Um and, um, you know, once we were there that we figured out, um, the guys are like, you can't, even though it's the same public land, you can't transport deer across state lines or bone. So everything has to be deboned that you bring back. And we were like, you gotta be kidding me. Because if we were hunting Kentucky, we would have been all right because the place we're staying at is in Kentucky. We could have butchered it at the place. The place had, um, a deer hanging station, um, all kinds of stuff. It was, it was like, it's just made for hunters. It was all hunters staying there. A bunch of us, everybody there was a hunter. So, um, so because we were hunting in Tennessee, we had to debone everything before we brought it back. So we had to basically cut the deer up in the woods. <laughs> um, so we get there, it's like, uh, 
I don't know, like noontime. We ate something quick. And then we're like, all right, we're going to go, you know, we got all our shit ready, you know, our bags, bows, everything, camera gear. And we're like, all right, we're going to go scout. If we find something good, we'll set up. So we scouted that whole afternoon. Um, Didn't really find much sign. We found like one scrape and we scouted quite a bit. And I was like, oh, no, this, (laughs) this doesn't look good. And it's like down there we went. It was the first week in November. So it's like free rut still at that time you know their rut starts like maybe the second week in november where it really starts to get a lot of chasing but they just had had a cold snap right before we got there it was in like the 20s which is unheard of for them so it was a cold snap the day we got there it was 30 degrees that morning when we got there and um I remember everybody's like, oh, this is this is like unbelievable hunting right now. And there was bucks hanging everywhere. We were like, we couldn't believe it. Like, oh my God, we're gonna everybody's gonna kill something. So we didn't find much sign. And I was like, shit, I was discouraged. So now we're driving around, it's probably like an hour left of the light. And uh we see a buck um in a field and the thing's just just browsing, minding its own business. And now the the guy who was with us, Lou, he's got a long ass draw. And he's got like one of them sights extended. He can, you know, he can shoot like a hundred yards, whatever it is. So I like, dude, I'm like, take a shot at that thing. It's still plenty of light. I said, step off the road. You don't have to be, um, you only just got to, you just got to be off the road in, uh, in Tennessee. I said, wing an arrow. It's probably like 80 yards. He sends an arrow, dude, smokes this thing, smoked it. Um, so we go, we're like, all right, we know where it was, his knock, we could see his knock. We're like, we're, we're going to go, we'll go back, we'll eat supper, change, come back. We walked, the deer was 20 yards away, died right just into the woods. And we're like, boom, it was uh, like, um, I don't know, probably, I don't know if it was one or two, but it was an eight pointer. I, I think it was a one-year-old, which is crazy. Their, their one-year-olds down there were uh, unbelievable, not like ours. Like there was no such thing as a spike down there. It was like every deer had good genes. Um, and um, so so right there, bang, first day, he, that's his first buck too. That's his first time uh, killing a buck. So we're like, all right, cool. That's, you know, that's, that's a great first night. We spent the night cutting the deer up in the woods and then uh, went back, had some beers, and all went to sleep. And then the next morning, we're like, all right, we're going to get there for like sunrise because we don't have anything set up yet. We're not going in the dark. We're going to get there for sunrise. We're all going to split up, and we're going to scout. So now Lou, Lou he's he's tagged out. You can, he can only shoot one buck. So he's tagged out. So he can only shoot does from here on out. So he's just sitting on field edges trying to whack a doe. Me and Seth move in. Now, this place is ridges like you wouldn't believe. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's just like fingers, fingers everywhere, like ridges, 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 big, long ridge with dozens of ridges all coming off of that. So we scout. I, I go up one ridge. He goes up another. Um, we find some okay sign. I find some good sign. And then me and him end up meeting. We followed the sign and met at the same spot. And I'm like, dude, this is, I mean, you follow the sign. I follow the sign. And we met here. I said, this is where somebody should sit. And Seth was like, yep. He's like, I'm going to sit here. So Seth sat up there. Um, and then I went around to the next ridge over and checked that ridge to see if there was any sign. Because everybody we talked to, they were like, scout the ridge tops and just look for rubs and scrapes. That's where the bucks are. I'm like, you know, 
I'm like, yeah, these guys are telling me I know how to hunt. You know, I'm like, I know what I'm doing here. You know, I'm thinking of like bowls and, you know, the thermals and stuff like that. And they're like, just get on a ridge that has scrapes on it. And I'm like, all right, buddy. All right. Okay. So after a few days of not seeing shit, I said, I'm going to do what these fucking guys are telling me. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I went one more ridge over now because now I'm not seeing like a few little rubs, maybe one or two scrapes, nothing crazy. Like little like, you know, like a young buck just stopped there quick in the middle of the night and made it, you know, like a little tiny scrape. So I go to the next ridge over and I scout up it and as soon as like just going up the like the, the ridge to get on it it was rub 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 big trees i get to the top and it's giant scrape rub 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 scrape rub scrape but i'm like holy fuck i'm like this is it this is what everybody's been telling me to go to i'm like this is where i'm fucking sitting so i there was a little saddle in the ridge um and i sat right there i said there was a giant scrape right there a bunch of rubs i found a shed a shed was like six feet high dangling in, in a fucking tree i'm like look at this shit I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, if this isn't a fucking sign telling me where to sit, and, you know, I don't know what is. So I set up there. Um, that afternoon, I had a couple of does go by. They came up out of one bowl over the top of the ridge and then down into the next bowl. Like, the does were, like, chilling in the bowls. And these bucks would cruise these ridge tops, check in the doe trails, and then go down to, whatever, you know, wherever they thought they were. So I'm like, all right, at least I finally seen some action. I wasn't seeing shit, dude. I didn't I didn't even see a fucking squirrel. I'm like, I was getting nervous. I'm like, what is going on right You're here? Out was, of dude, state. Was, you don't know what's going on. Drought. Oh yeah. A drought like you wouldn't believe, dude. They had four foot deep rivers that were completely dried up. Nothing. No water at all anywhere. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is this is great. Like you could tell it was like it was like a good river. Like a, not like just any old stream. This thing was 20 feet wide, four feet deep, all pebbles on the bottom, completely dry, which made for good dragon. That's, that's one thing it, it did. We dragged, we dragged it right out on that fucking thing. It was perfect. But, um, so I set up on that Ridge. I go there the next morning. So now it's like day five and we have that day, that full day. And then depending on what happens, we're either going to hunt the next morning and then leave at lunchtime or just pack up and leave in the morning. So this is basically our last day. So I stitched my, now my, I sat on that Ridge one afternoon and then the next morning I went, I left everything there. I went right back to it. And, um, it was probably, I think it was like nine o'clock. It was pretty late or maybe eight. I forget eight or nine o'clock. And, um, I um I heard something behind me, so I turn around. So now I'm facing the tree. I'm on a hang on, facing the tree, and I see two does run down into the bowl. And I'm like, they, but they were like, you know, like trotting. And I'm like, something, something's on them. So uh, I look to my right, and I see, I see it, the buck. There comes a buck. He comes up out of the bowl. He starts crossing the ridge, and he's gonna about to go down. Now they're quite a ways in front of him, so I don't think he can see him. So I, I grabbed a, the estrus can was right in front of me, and I just flipped it over one time, just a little bit, and then put it away. And I stopped, and I watched. And he, dude, he stopped, and his head snapped. And boom, he just, he turned and on a string, came right to me. So I drew back. I got the camera ready and everything, got it all on film. When I shot, um, I hit him back. 
like real back, but there was a pop, like you wouldn't believe, like this thing popped through the woods, like a firecracker went off. And I was like, what the fuck did I just hit? So I, 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 you know, I told Seth and Seth's like, that's, he's like, it's, that's probably the diaphragm. You probably got like a hollow spot and it popped the diaphragm and all that air just made that pop. So we watch, we get back, we watch the video and I hit a branch. It was a branch about three feet in front of me. And when I released, I didn't know it at the time, but my arrow hit the branch, like the fletching or something. And it must've deflected the arrow and made it hit back on the deer. But as you watch the video in slow motion, when I release, you see that arrow doo -doo, after the arrow goes by, you see that the, uh, the branch wiggle. But, um, so I left it. I, I shot the deer. I was like, you know what? I went, I'm like, I'm just going to look at the arrow. I looked at the arrow. I'm like, all right, there's blood. There was blood. It was kind of dark, but I'm like, it's blood. I see blood on the ground at impact. I'm like, all right, it was a pass through. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to leave. I stuck the arrow on the ground, left a knock on. And I'm like, we're going to come back. I'm going to give it time because I wasn't confident in the shot. So we went back, we, uh, we ate lunch and then Seth went and hunted and me and Louie, I went with him and we did a little ground stalking. I went with the video camera and, and we tried to get on a couple of does, but didn't happen. So meanwhile, I'm not even paying attention because I'm worried about this buck the whole time. I'm like, I can't even think right now. So we go back, Seth hunted near where I shot the buck. So we go back, he meet, he walks out to the truck, he meets us and now we go into track. And, um, we walk up the ridge, we get to the arrow and now I, you know, I get the arrow. Now I'm looking around for where I saw blood and I don't see anything. I, I don't know if it dried, like it, the way it dried, I don't know, but there was no blood. I'm like, dude, I, I'm, and they're both looking at me like, and I'm like, dude, I swear to God, I swear to God, there was blood here. I'm not lying to you. And I'm looking around, I'm going nuts. And Seth's like, all right, which way did he run? I'm like, he ran down the hill. He ran down this way. He did like a little, little kind of J hook and ran down the hill. So he's like, all right. He starts walking down. He's looking with a flashlight. Meanwhile, I'm going crazy looking for this blood around the arrow. I'm like, maybe I was off a little bit. I'm looking, checking 10 feet this way, 10 feet this way, left, right, forward, back. Can't find any blood. And all of a sudden I hear Seth goes, he goes, whoa. I'm like, what? And he's like, you can stop looking for blood. And I'm like, what, 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 what? And he's like, he's right here, dude. He went 60 yards from the shop. I'm like, what? I went flying down that hill like you wouldn't believe. I couldn't believe it, dude. The deer, good thing because I did hit him back. I we we when we got it out, I hit him in the spleen. That's the only thing I touched was the spleen. Wow. Went right through like back ribs, like behind, above gut. I don't even know. In front of gut, I don't even I don't even know where the spleen's located exactly. But it went, all I touched was the spleen. <laughs> I don't know where it and is, but I, I, I know that's what I hit. Yeah, that's what I hit. I hit <laughs> the spleen. He laid down. Yeah, Seth, Seth knows his deer biology. So he's like, he pulled, he pulled it out. He's like, this is the spleen. He's like, look. He's like, that's all you got. I'm like, oh, yeah, my they God. grind this I'm shit like, up in China and use it for medicine. Is that what it is? I don't know. It it's that good. big pink thing. It looks yeah. like a like a cow tongue. <clears throat> <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So that was – then, we, you know, we, we had to cut him up and everything and uh, – and, um, you know, we put all the meat in the sled and it, we dragged him right out because he died at the bottom of the hill, like right on that little river thing. So we put all the meat in the sled and back, you know, in uh, garbage bags and shit and just dragged the sled right out on the river. It was unbelievable. I was I couldn't. Oh, that was it was like heart wrenching. And, and then 
so joyous in the next moment. It was like unbelievable. It was a crazy day. Crazy day. What a perfect example of backing out and giving the deer time. Yeah. Because that, that's if I if I went in after him, I don't I th- I would have pushed him and we probably would have never found him. For sure. Yeah, especially with a, a shot that far back and like you said, just spleen. Who knows how right? far he would have ran. How do you even do that? Hit a branch. That's I mean, how. Yeah, hit a branch. But yeah, that's but yeah, it made the arrow probably turn like this, and it went through more of on because he was completely broadside. So I think it maybe angled it more on uh, like a quartering two kind of angle. Right, but how many people? I mean, dude, hats off to you for knowing to not even start looking because most people are ah, I'm, I'll just. You know what? I'll just go like fifty yards and and see. That's, that's, that's I'll just go and see. And dude, done. Fatal mistake. Yep. I've done that. For I, that's sure. Pro- probably because I've learned the hard way. That's, Everybody. That's why. Right. I've, yeah. I've done that a few times, and and you know, I kick myself still to this day for. I've lost a couple of big ones. Well, you have to remember too is that you're on an out of state hunt. So the thing is that you're a little bit more excited. You're not sure. What's about to happen? You want to be able to get that buck, and then you get kind of excited. I mean, it almost happened to me in Ohio where I had a quartering two shot. It was a little bit further back, and what I want to do, I'm like, I know that deer's dead. I hit him quartering two. I know that that deer's dead. I know it. I know it. I know it. And and then, you know, you kind of call home, and everyone's like, no, don't do it. Don't. You, you know, you, you're going to definitely push that deer and this, that, and the other thing, but you know deep down inside you shouldn't be pushing on that deer because you're going to lose them, but you're excited because you're out of state. I mean, dude, you had a prime example. You went with somebody and <laughs> you saw his footprints because oh, he, he got Christ. out of the stand uh, and he like he wanted to work towards that deer and Steve goes in there to track him and he's like, hey, did you did you come up here? No, 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 I didn't, I didn't. He's like, I see your darn footprints right here. What do you mean you didn't come in here? You know, like, and... It, yeah. You get excited. Found the deer at least. Yeah. So that was good. It's but, hard. It's hard. Yeah. Especially when, but, you're, when you're first starting off. Well, like you said, Lou, we've all fucked it up. We've all done it. We've all tracked too early or tried to convince yourself the shot's better than it really is and yep. make the mistake and that you learn, unfortunately. And then that's what teaches you the discipline to know to just back out and give it time. You have that one yep. situation the, where you're going to fall blood and you look up and the deer jumps up and runs away and then your heart drops and you're like, motherfucker. The, the one thing, though, that you both had. Bro, you freeze. You're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? As I've done that exact scenario. <laughs> that exact scenario. Yeah, same thing. It was about 20 yards. 20 yards. You hear it. You hear the blow. You hear him blow. And then you look up and there you go. You see the rack. Bouncing away. Yeah, the like, oh, nuts no. just swinging in your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, we, we talk about self-filming and how, how much of a pain in the ass it is, hauling it in and setting it up, and an extra half hour in the morning, an extra half hour in the dark. But with your your uh, dear Lou and, and the one Trevor was just talking about, having that shot on film, uh, you, you yep. might not to this day know that you hit that branch. Without being able to go back and review the footage, and same thing with Trev's knowing that it was a little bit farther back than he wanted to. So that's how valuable that footage is when you do actually get it on film. Yep. Yeah, I mean, knowing exactly where you 
you hit it, exactly. and it gives you a, a, a lot better uh, idea on how long you need to wait. Exactly. We have those scenarios, and, and like we love to share our film with everybody and watch back on our film, but the main key and the tool to it is knowing where you hit that deer. When I shot my deer in 2020, my biggest deer to, my, to date, and I shot that deer, and I knew I smoked that deer, I 12-ringed that deer, I knew damn right sure that I... I 12 ringed them. I heard them go down. And then you get down and I had no blood. I had no arrow. I had nothing. And you start to go and I had a little bit of blood and, but it wasn't enough. And I'm like, dude, I 12 ringed that deer. I heard it go down. What happened? And you go back and you look at the footage and you're like, oh, that's what happened. And what happened? I hit him shoulder to shoulder. I snapped the arrow, filled the hole. There was no blood internally yeah. bleeding. He died within 40 yards, but I didn't know that. You know, and if I didn't yeah. have the film, I probably would have never have pushed in on that deer because it would have just, you know, I could have jumped that deer and lost that deer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it, the footage part is, is not only the point to be able to share a hunt, but to also a helping tool to make ourselves successful and not losing those deer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, absolutely. I just learned, even without filming, <clears throat> I just back out no matter what. Like, <clears throat> I'm to the point now where, like, I can completely smoke a deer, hour minimum. I'm not even playing. Like, just leave yeah, everything in the I tree. I try to. If I don't see them go down, if I'm I don't out. see them go down, I'm I'm backing out. I'm out. And even that's, even that's hard time. to do when you know you smoked yep. them. But best thing to do is either go back to the truck or back to the house, get out of the woods, calm down yeah. best you can, and then come back later. Or just sit in the yep. tree. You never know what's going to go by. I mean, when we're in the woods, you know, the end of October, November, bro, you never know what's about to walk by next. True, but that ain't happening. Oh, yeah. I need, I need yeah, to get out of there. Yeah, I need, I need to remove yeah. myself from the situation because I'll do something <laughs> stupid. Just get out of there. <laughs> because big if you stay in the tree, you're like, all right, all right, I'm going to give it an hour. 15 minutes. 30 seconds later, you're like, oh, shit. It's got to be at least yeah. a half an hour. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. It's only been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you're in the tree, time is it moves so slow after you shoot a deer. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, you get so excited, especially a buck, because like you don't really. Care. Yeah. The last thing on your mind, you've had adrenaline going. You've been at the lowest of your lows of not seeing or hearing or whatever. A buck comes in, you shoot a buck. Now you're in the highest of your highs, and then you go right back to the lowest of your lows, and you're like, I need that high. I need to find that deer. <laughs> like. <laughs> What happened? Where did it go? And it seems like every time you do shoot a good deer, you, you're you like, oh, crap. What did I just do? Did I mess it up? I mean, you start to really question yourself every single time you shoot a deer. Like, I question myself all the time. I'm like, oh, no. I just screwed it up. And I call people, like, for, like, reinsurance. They don't know. They weren't there. You know? Like, yeah. it doesn't help anything, but it's... Yeah. It's one of those things, man. But it's it's cool that you guys were able to go on a on a travel hunt like that. And it's 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 a tough thing, dude. It's not easy. It's it's probably one of the hardest things you could do because you're only given five days or whatever, however much time you allot yourself, and you have to make yourself successful. And us as even working at home, I mean, dude, if you, if I told you you had five days to hunt in your home state, you think that you could get it done in five days with no e scouting? 
or only e-scouting and never doing any preparation or scouting? Yeah, that'd be pretty difficult. Well, that's what you're trying to do when you travel. That's yeah, literally that's what the hard, That's the hardest part about a travel hunt is not being able to scout. No, no postseason scouting, no summer scouting, no glassing, no running cameras, and then just, boom, we're here. Let's get it done, motherfuckers. Yep. And that's yep. that's definitely, uh, yeah, it definitely opened our eyes to how difficult it was. And a different world of terrain than you're used to too. You don't have anything like that where you're used to hunting, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was totally new. We I I didn't when we first started. I, you know, I'm checking field edges for scrapes and then trying to follow sign in from there. And it was just there. Wa- there wasn't any. Hmm. There wasn't scrapes on the field edges. Maybe one or two in the 19 fields we scouted. It was, you know, it was totally different. These deer weren't in the fields, basically because the fields weren't planted. Um, we learned later, like, I think it was our last day, that the Kentucky side got planted. They had soybeans, corn, they had all kinds <laughs> oh, of Oh, really? Yeah. That's why they the were Tennessee so successful. Side, yeah, the Tennessee side that year didn't get planted. So all the food plots had nothing. It was just grass. That's why and there was, was all we, the we dead went, deer when you ran into camp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because all those people were hunting the Kentucky side. They were leaving as we were getting there because they were leaving in time for that youth hunt. Right. And then a bunch, of, a bunch of kids showed up. That was cool too. We got a bunch of meat. Oh my god, there was this one kid from like Alabama. Oh my, he was such hot shit, dude. The way he talked. Oh my god, he was the best little kid, dude. He was talking about the way he shot a deer once. And he, oh, it was it was so good. It, we got to meet a lot of different people from. Um, a lot of different state. There was a lot of out of state people there from all over the place. We met this group of guys who are um, they work for Tethered. Um, there was three of them. They they film and shit too. Uh, we 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 hooked up with them. That was that was pretty cool. Um, there was just at the whole place probably I don't know maybe fifty cabins and at least half of them were filled with hunters. It was just like that's what that place was there for. It's and there wasn't there wasn't anything else to do around there either. There was nothing for miles. That, you know, you had one little convenience store, and that was it. That's like those destination states for hunting are like that because, mm. like Ohio's like that. When we were in the campground, dude, there was people from Michigan, from down south, out west, out east. They were all in the same campground. It was the same thing, and everyone's telling camping, you know, hunting stories. You'd go to the gas station, the local gas station in town, and everybody there is hunting, and they, they all see you in camo. They're like, yeah. "Oh, how was your hunt? How was your hunt? How's things?" You know what yeah. I'm saying? And you're yeah, like, "Dude, this exactly is exactly how it was. This is awesome. You don't see that back home yeah. in Liberalville, man. Like, you go to the gas station, you take your camo off because you think a Karen down the street's gonna try and key your car while you're in there getting a pack of smokes. I mean, it's just the way it goes, right? I mean. Well, it, the yeah. fuck else you go to Ohio in November for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to pick corn. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. The thing about your guys' trip is everybody was successful. Yeah. Everybody yep. took Seth home a shot a buck. Yeah, he, he ended up shooting, I think it was an eight-pointer or a seven-pointer, uh, probably like one or two-year-old. Um, but it because it was getting, he shot that. Um, when did he shoot that? I think it was the day that I shot mine. He shot that that night, and he carried it out on his shoulders. He met us at the truck with a deer on his fucking shoulders. I'm like, this fucking kid is insane. He's an animal. He he looks like Hulk Hogan, <laughs> but like the new version. 
Yep. He dropped three arrow. He dropped three fucking arrows on his way out because he put his bow on like his backpack and was like going through brush. So, so I walk. I walk in the woods. I found. I found two of them because I felt bad. I'm. I'm walking through and I'm like, I see this fucking thing glowing, and um, because my the way my headlamp, he had these wraps, these like silver wraps, so they reflected when a light hit it. So I'm walking through the woods and I'm like, what is that thing reflecting right there? I walk up to it. I'm like. I'm like it's one of his arrows because now now he's walking to us and I'm walking in trying to meet him, but I went in like too far, like left, and he came out too far right. So now I'm in the woods. He's at the truck and I'm <laughs> looping back around to try and get back to the truck. Now I'm like, hey, what the fuck? This kid's already at the truck. So as I'm walking, I see this thing glowing and I'm like, what is that? So I find it and I'm like, dude, I call him. Like, dude, I have one of your arrows. And he's like, he looks and he's like, shit, I lost three of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep following because obviously I'm on your path right now. I'm going to keep following, see if I find any more. And I ended up finding another one. So I found two of them, but there's still one in Tennessee somewhere. All, all, all I can think about is the two Rhode Island boys on a piece of public bigger than the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> basically, dude, basically. That place was, I, I forget what it was, a hundred and... Oh my god, 80,000 80, acres, a hundred thousand acres, something like that. Yeah, that's the size of Rhode Island. Dude. That's wicked awesome. Yeah, just, just about, just about. <laughs> that's insane. Little boys going to the big city. Yeah, and this place, this place too, is public, but there was like dirt roads throughout this whole entire place. It was like we don't have that around here. You can't really drive in on the public places around here. Yeah. You gotta park at the entrance and that's it. You can't drive in there. These places you could drive through the fields. We saw people backing all the way up, you know, two hundred yards into a field to load their deer. I'm like, oh this is beautiful. I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's it was, America. It was uh, like we call it America. Yeah. Me and so yeah. one of our good listeners, um Eric Smith is from Tennessee and he always he, you know, he'd call me and he'd be like, hey, you ready to move to America yet? This is all through COVID. He's like, you ready to move to America yet? And he would tell me about how, you know, there's no rules. It's just outlaw America. You can do just about anything you want in Tennessee. It doesn't even, it's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, see any awesome. bears while you were there? Because Tennessee has bears. No, we uh, we found an armadillo shell, though. An armadillo? Yep. I guess they have those down there. Did you make a hat out of it? <laughs> no, uh, Big Lou wanted to use it as a shoulder pad. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that movie they use that 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 crazy guy uses a like oh, Mad Max? And- no, 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 Dukes of Hazard, dude, the crazy dude. He wears uh, it. <laughs> he wears yeah. it. <laughs> That's all I can yeah. see. I can see one yep. of you. <laughs> Woo. Oh, oh. I well. It was. I knew it was going to go off the rails. I didn't know it was going to take this long. Yeah, well, <laughs> it did take a while, I guess, <laughs> right? So, but no, and I, I another hunt I really want to talk about too. Um, you had to hunt with your daughter, and that was really cool. That had was the to? first one. What you said? He had to. No. Oh, he made it sound like he was forced to. No, I wanted to hear <laughs> the story. <laughs> no, I know. I wanted to hear the story. I'm messing with you. Yeah, yeah, that was um. That was last that year? That was pretty cool. That was, yes, last year. Well, it was uh, 2021. Oh, okay. So not, not this past ago. November. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so I had taken, I have, th- I got three daughters. Um, one is 15, one's eight, and one's three. Um, so 
my oldest I had taken out a few times and uh, probably like five or six times. And I think she saw one doll. Uh, so she kind of got discouraged. And then she got into high school and she just really, you know, didn't want to do it. So I wasn't going to force her. I guess, you know, maybe she'll turn around as she gets out of high school later. Maybe she'll want to get back into it. You know, she, she's got a, she's got a compound bow. She, she knows how to shoot. She just is not really that into it. Um, so now I started hunting with her when she was probably about eight. So my middle daughter, I think she was, let me see. She's seven now. She's going to be eight in like two weeks. So, She's seven now, so she was. I think she was six at the time. Um, so I, I, she asked. She had been asking me to go, um, and I had. She'd never been out, so I said, "All right." I said, "We're gonna go." I said, um, "My buddy has a, a piece of private that we hunt. Um, it's got a double ladder stand set up, which is um, perfect for me and her. You know." I didn't, you know, I don't want to put on a hang on, make her climb sticks or nothing. This was, you know, it was a ladder. She climbed up the ladder, no problem. Put the harness on her and stuff. And um, so we went, we sat there. Um, now, I had hunted this spot probably a dozen times trying to kill. There was one buck in there that now this kid's private spot is across the street kind of from my private spot. And we kind of get the same bucks on camera. So we figured that out one year, and then we started hunting with each other, you know, trying to, you know, coordinate with each other to see who shot what, you know, like sit each other's stands. Like I, I you know, he would sit my stands, I sat his. So he had no problem with me hunting there. He didn't really hunt that spot much anyway. So there was an old buck that I had been after for a few years, a wide eight-pointer. But his tines never really got big. They always just stayed like – maximum four inches but he was wide he was wide and he had mass so it was just he was eluding me for a while so i'm like i I gotta kill this thing so he was showing up at my buddy's property frequently like he was there it's a thin 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 piece it's long but it's thin it's surrounded by houses um so in rhode island you got to be i think it's 200 feet from a house something like that so i'm like i'm like probably like three four hundred feet from a house um, cause I'm right on the edge of like a marsh and then there's a wood strip and then there's houses. So I'm right on the, sitting on the, like the edge of the marsh kind of. Um, so I sat there a dozen times trying to kill this buck. Never saw him in person. So I decided to bring my daughter. It's like a Saturday afternoon or Friday. I think it was Friday, Friday afternoon I, after school. I got out of school early. Yep. That's what I remember. It was Friday afternoon. I got out, got her out of school early because it was, the sun was setting early already. So I didn't, you know. I didn't want to uh, make her sit for a while. I mean, um, you know, I, I didn't want to get there and there would only be like a half hour left. You know, I wanted at least like a good hour. So I got her out of school early, went in the stand, um, and immediately do this little eight-pointer, like a two-year-old eight-pointer comes out and is chasing does in front of us for like a half hour. It was like, and she's just sitting there just watching it all, just amazed, dude. Like, they're underneath us. They're running around. And I'm just sitting there just watching her, and she's loving it, dude. And I'm like, this is awesome. So they they finally he finally chases them off. They don't come back. And so now we're sitting there. It's getting dark, and there's probably like 20 minutes left. And I see something coming through the marsh. There's, there's a couple sections where it gets low. The, the marsh grass is low. And I see horns, and I'm like – 
I'm looking and I'm like, now he's got short tines. So from where I was looking, I'm like, I don't know if that's him. I'm like, it could just be a young buck with short tines. And then he finally steps out and I saw his neck and I was like, I'm like, that's him. I'm like, this is the one. Now this buck's, I don't know. I think he's one of the oldest I've shot. So he's definitely six plus, you know, he could be seven, eight years old. I, I don't know, but he's, he's an old buck. Like his teeth were black. I got the, I got the jaw. His, his jaw bone is about an inch longer than any other jaw bone I have, which is, I've never really paid attention to that. Look at the length of jaw bones compared to age, but his jaw bone is way longer than all the rest. And I got a lot of, two, three, and four-year-old jawbones, and his is way longer. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so here he comes. Now, I was sitting on this, like, a little um, – we created, like, a little food plot. It's, like, I don't know, 50-yard circle. And then when we made it, we didn't intentionally do it, but we pushed all the brush up. Like, we just cleared it and pushed everything. So we kind of – it made, like, a perimeter. And then we were like, shit, how the <laughs> – how the deer going to get in here? So we cut little sections of where we kind of wanted them to come in. And it worked out pretty good. The majority of it, like all the does would come in through these spots that we cleared out. But the bucks, like for instance, on that video, the buck, he, he hopped uh, a barbed wire fence with like something else behind. Like he just, he, he jumped like seven feet. No problem. Didn't give a shit. There was an opening five feet to his right, but he jumped there. So, <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever, dude, just as long as you – so he came right in, and he was um, – I heard some does back behind me to my left, like, towards the houses. And uh, I'm like, he's probably just going to go run a little – because it's getting dark. So he's going to go run right against the houses as it gets dark. He's coming – you know, he's coming out of his bed, going right to the houses over there. He crossed right through the food plot, and he got – like, I had the camera, and, like, he was moving quick. He was – you know, he wasn't stopping. And I noticed, I, so I put the camera on him, I drew back, and I looked in the camera, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to get out of the lens. So I stopped him, and I just stopped him in time. Like, his head was out of frame, but you were still able to see the shot. But I had stopped him just in time, and um, and I smoked him. I smoked him. I hit him. He was quartering to me. I hit him high in the shoulder, and the arrow blew right through him. Right through him. Um, and... Uh, he ran off, and he. I thought I heard him go down, which I did. Um, but when I got down, I started looking around at blood, and um, <clears throat> and my daughter was like, she was getting nervous because it's getting dark out. And now I'm like, all right, stay here at last blood, and I'm gonna go start <laughs> looking, and like I'd get like ten feet away, and she's like, Dad, Dad, get back, get back, get back. I'm scared, I'm scared. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I can't. I can't do this. I'm like, because the blood wasn't like steady enough for me to just walk and follow, you know, like I had to look. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to back out. So I went, I brought her home, came back with my buddy whose property it was and another friend. And um, from where I had stopped, he was like, I don't know, maybe another 50 yards from there. And it was, it, I smoked him, dude. I couldn't believe that. At that, it's, I hit him right in the shoulder and it blew right through him. And it was on camera. I you caught it last second. Yeah, I sh I shoot a heavy ass arrow too, which I think I'm going to switch this year, because um, you lose a lot of distance, and there's a lot more. There's not as much room for error. You know, if you're off two yards when you're shooting that heavy of an arrow, two three yards, that's that's you're talking about missing the deer completely. Yep. 
Um, and, and it happened to me this year. Like I didn't, I've always practiced at from 20 yards and out. I've never really practiced at 10 yards. You know, it's always been my, tw- I mean, I have in the past, but it's always been my 20 pin. My 20 is good from zero to 25. Well, now shooting these heavy arrows, I never really checked that. So I had a buck come in opening week. It was a Friday of opening week in Massachusetts. Shoot a buck, my target buck. I called him the general because he had, he only had one eye and, um, you know, the general from the walking dead, yeah. he had the eye pack. So I called him the general. Um, and, uh, he came right in, like he read the script. He was, I was sitting between bedding and a field. He was still on that summer pattern. It was like an hour before sunset. Like it couldn't have got any better. He came right in. He was at 12 yards and he, my, my, one of my mistakes was he stopped. The deer stopped. And I, I drew back, I, I settled in my peep, he stopped, but I got nervous and just mad, I'm mad anyway. I don't know why I freaking did it, <laughs> but I did it. Because what, that's what they do on TV. Why. Because he, it was like, he was moving and it was already in my head to stop him. So once I settled in, I did it, but I didn't, like, I, I don't know if I realized he had already stopped. So I put him on alert. He, he picked his head right up when I did that. And I'm like, fuck. So I shot. When I shot, he dropped instantly. Instantly. A 12-yard shot. He ducked probably about three inches. Because you can see from where my arrow is, you know, you play the video back and forth, you Mm -hmm. can see he dropped a good three inches in 12 fucking yards. I couldn't, with a, a deer on high alert looking right at me, he dropped three inches in 12 yards. And that was the difference for me hitting him in the spine to going over. I went right over his spine, right right into the back strap, through, through the back strap. I went right through him, passed right through him, stuck in the ground on the other side, right through his back strap. And um, I was like, what? The, uh, so I thought I smoked him. I thought I, I, I thought I drilled him. I'm like, yes, I just smoked him. So then I'm like, <laughs> it was, oh yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a night. So now I go down, I get, I look at the arrow. I waited like a, I don't know, half hour. I called a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, I just smoked the fucking monster. I'm going nuts. I get down, I look at the arrow. It's covered in fat. Fat, like a little bit of meat and a bunch of fat on the fletchings. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I'm like, I know I didn't hit him in, br- in the brisket. I said, so the only other place that that could happen is backstrap where all that fat is up on the top of their back. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm on the phone with Seth as this is going down. And Seth's like, no, dude, that's not good. And I'm like, I know it's not good. Stop stop saying that. I'm like, shit. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Now I'm going nuts. So I'm like, I got to go home and watch the video. I got to go home and watch the video. So I go, I fucking rush home. I put the video on. Sure enough, this deer ducks. And I hit him right in the back strap. And I'm like, shit. Shit, shit, shit. So I went back. I ended up going back the next morning for shits and giggles just to look around and see if I could find anything else. But I, I, I didn't have high hopes. I searched for like maybe 50 yards, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's no way. This thing's going to live. I had him in the back strap. So um, when I, you know, after a couple of days, I'm like, let me check my bow. So I, I, I shot at 20 yards. It was dead on. Shot at 30 yards. dead on. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, you know what? So I went up on my – I got a deck on the second floor. I went up on my deck, and I put the target at 10 yards. 
and I used my 20 pin, I was fucking four inches high, four inches high at 10 yards with my 20 pin. And I'm like, what? And I don't arc. know if it's because of like, yes, it's because of that, that initial, that initial arc is, I don't know, because of my arrow being so fucking heavy too, that doesn't help. It doesn't shoot flat. It's got way more of an arc. So now I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, now I got to have a fucking 10 yard pin. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Now, you know, I got to make a mark for 10 because I got an adjustable sight. I'm like, now I got to make a mark for 10. I'm like, so now I got to worry about whether they're 10, 15, 20, 25. I'm like, this is, I'm like, I got to drop some weight because I was shooting 620. And I love the results. I love the results. I shot two deer last year directly in the shoulder, passed right through both of them. That, that deer in Tennessee, I was a 30-yard shot. I hit him back. I mean, I only hit spleen, but still went blew right through him, stuck in the ground behind Fuck that him. spleen up, though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that, spleen didn't, that spleen didn't Spreaded. stand a chance. No, yeah. no spleen <laughs> left behind. Yeah, and I so I had, I had pretty good results with the heavy arrows, but then you get in a situation like that, and I was like, I, I want to go middle of the ground, <laughs> middle ground, you know, middle of the road, like, Five five hundred grains probably five fifty at the most four fifty at the least like right around that five hundred grain mark. That's so, where I'm at right now five hundred five. So so yeah. As a human though, I think that you can remove your spleen and you'll still be fine. Mm-hmm. You can. I don't know. I think it's you know obviously I think they got to cauterize it or something because oh, I think yeah. if you actually cut the spleen you'll bleed out. Well, obviously, that's what happened to the Especially deer. When hit, <laughs> Especially when you hit with that six fifty. Come on, I tell you, I shot yeah. a turkey with and a seven. Too, when we found that deer, he was still he wasn't um, rigor mortis yet. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't right. Seized up. He was. So he had just died. Yeah. He laid there all day long and mm. died a miserable death. But I felt horrible for him. But I tell you what, that that those heavy arrows are no joke, man. I used, I shot a seven oh eight, and I shot a turkey with seven oh eight. And I literally watched it leave its feet, dude, because I hit it so hard with so much energy behind it. Like, dude, yep. shooting heavy arrows is no joke. But like you're saying, the trajectory is so different. There's a lot that goes into that heavy arrow aspect where I don't think yep. that it, there's a – I don't know. Like you said, you got to now have a 10-yard pin because you're shooting it with yeah. that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's diminishing returns. There's a point where – you're it's it's overkill and you're not gaining anything from it which me and seth you know we've seth is the guy too you know he's probably shot nine different arrow weights already he, he he's always tinkering around and we've 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 realized that that 500 well f- basically 480 to 520 mm-hmm. is that is that is that good range right there i agree so the crazy thing now shooting a zeus or a Hera or whatever that that thing is designed to shoot on a light arrow to do the same yeah. thing as a heavy arrow, but with a light, a light setup, yeah, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So if I go, so immediately, if I right now I shoot a hundred and seventy-five grain head. So if I drop to a hundred grain Zeus or Aries or, or Hera, I'm already right, right off the bat. I'm dropping seventy-five grain, and then I can my insert is um is seventy-five. You can break it off to fifty. So I can heat them up, take the insert out, break that little piece off, and drop it to a 50-grain insert and essentially drop 100 grains right off mm. the bat and go from 620 to 520. Yeah, so you're right in that, what, that cusk what, again. Yeah, yep. And then I'll, I'll probably try that. You know, I'll have to recite in again, and which is, I mean, I don't know at this point what I want to do yet. If I want to 
do that now or wait till after Turkey because Turkey's like right here. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to get some of those. Uh, I like the Aries, dude. I love those. I want to get some of those for, for, for Turkey season. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, I'll tell you, it's, they're they're crazy, but the head. The tent, I'm a big I'm ticker from, guy. Yeah. I, I've had I've had some problems with expandables and shit, so I I've. I shot fixed, then I switched, had bad encounters, and was like, I'm never going back. That's that. But this, you know, they're not, that's, yeah, the Zeus isn't really an expandable. It's it's more of like a retractable. It, it goes the opposite way, which is different. So I'm uh, I'm really excited to try these this year. I'm really, really excited. For sure, man. Well, I do have one last question for you, Lou. <laughs> have you thought about this? I have, I have. <laughs> I <can't. laughs> Did you have nightmares thinking about what I, you? Were I think I say? forgot. I forgot it all. It's it's all. I can't think of it right now. <laughs> it sneaks sneaks up on you. It always does, dude. <laughs> Lou, what drives you outdoors, my friend? Uh, for me, it's it's the thrill of the chase. Just, I don't know that that feeling you get when that big buck steps out or. That that you know that turkey fires up in front of you, or you know those ducks come in cupped right in front of you, like just that. I don't know. It's can't really explain it. It's the chase. You know that's what it is for me. That's the needle. Nothing like no. That's the yeah. needle, bub. That's the needle. <laughs> <laughs> that needle's breadlining. That's the needle, my friend, dude. That's just the way it is, bro. That's exactly what it is. It's the needle. I mean, that's that's what we all do it for, I guess. You know, in the end of the day, is that the thrill of the chase? Yeah. It makes. I it, love it, man. It makes the world go around, dude. Yeah. Well, brother, we appreciate you joining us on the outdoor drive. We'll see you this weekend, bud. Yeah. Hell yeah. Friday. Hell yeah. We'll tomorrow. I'll see you guys Friday land. morning. Yeah. Tomorrow yeah. in podcast land. Oh yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow morning. We will be at the Mohegan, Connecticut Hunting and Fishing Show. No, Connecticut Fishing and Outdoor Show. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like me with last names. Yeah. That's what you keep <laughs> that's why you keep me around. Connecticut Fishing and Outdoor Show at the Mohegan Sun. What do they call that? The Earth Convention Center or some shit like that? I don't um, know. It's wherever the oh, sign yeah. leads you when you walk in. Yeah. Am I gonna get lost again? Like Springfield? Oh, you're definitely gonna get lost. It's in the casino. Oh, oh boy, you guys are gonna have to meet me outside. Yeah, we'll, we'll meet you. We got you. <laughs> well, yeah, because we'll be in the loading dock. You'll be fine. It's the good, all good. The good thing is I know my way around the casino better than I know my way around Springfield, so I'll be able to yep. walk you right in there. You'll be fine, bub. Awesome. Drop your pin, send it to you on Onyx. <laughs> we hope we hope to see everybody at the Mohegan Sun Show this weekend, and for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.